You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to your Tuesday edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. This is the the first time that I've been on air since the 2020 NFL draft ended over at the Chris and Joe Show. Chris Flum and Joe DeLeon, you know, took you guys through uh, through the draft, gave you lots of opinion and analysis on on the players that the Giants drafted. I'm not going to try to repeat that effort here on uh, on my show. What I'm going to do, as I often try to do, is is talk to some other folks about what they think and, and what they can tell us about the Giants, and in this case, about a couple of the, the players that the Giants drafted over the weekend. I'm going to bring in Jeremy Attaway of SB Nation's Dog Sports, which covers the Georgia Bulldogs. The Giants obviously drafted Andrew Thomas, number four overall. They're hopefully their left tackle of the future and made Georgia linebacker Tay Crowder Mr. Irrelevant with the uh, 255th pick. So let me bring in Jeremy right now to uh, talk about those two those two players. Jeremy, how you doing? Doing good, Ed. Doing great. How's it going with you? I'm good. I'm good. Crazy weekend. Just trying to uh, try to get some sleep, trying to to, to get my senses back here a little bit and uh, get my bearings and, 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 and figure out, you know, what we're going to do now that the NFL draft is over. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Georgia fans, uh, kind of like giant fans had to, uh, if you really wanted to know what was happening, you had to hang on to the bitter end. <laughs> kind of like Tay Crowder. Uh, and, yes. Uh, yes, you did. You know, I'm not sure if being the, uh, being the, the last pick of the draft is, is, is a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I've often uh, held the view that uh, if, if you're a player and you're going to go in the seventh round, you, you would really almost rather go as a free agent. Uh, you know, be able to pick your situation, uh, your you know the depth chart you're going to try to walk into, and and some of those things. Um, you know, that being said, it, it sounds to me like uh, you know Tay Crowder may be a guy who uh, you know, can help the Giants out. Could well be, but let's let's come back to Tay in a minute. Let's start with the uh, with the first player that that the Giants chose, and and that being uh, you know Georgia left tackle Andrew Thomas. Throughout the build up, you know, to the draft, a lot of speculation about what the Giants might do. A lot of uh, a lot of back and forth about who the best offensive tackle was in this draft class. In your mind. Entering the draft was Andrew Thomas clearly, you know, maybe if you had made a big board or I don't know if you did make a big board, but was he clearly, you know, for you, 
the best offensive tackle in this class? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it, uh, obviously, at, at the college level, uh, when we look at which players are the best by position, you have a lot more variance in terms of scheme. Uh, you know, Georgia traditionally relies on, on the big uh, NFL-style uh, offensive linemen. A lot of colleges go for guys who are uh, maybe a little smaller, a little, little uh, you know, more agile. Uh, but I think in terms of NFL potential, yeah, Andrew Thomas was the guy uh, who uh, I would have circled as a top uh, available tackle. He's got the size you wanted, uh, 6'5", uh, 325, uh, has an incredible wingspan, uh, very you know, filled-out lower body, uh, great upper body strength, very heady player. Um, personally, uh, I did not think he would go as high as four to the Giants. I, I had sort of uh, told our readers that if I had a crystal ball, I would have thought he, he might go at 10 uh, to the Browns. Uh, I thought that was probably a, a good landing spot. Um, but you know, knowing what we know now, it looks like there were a lot of teams that uh, liked Andrew Thomas as much as Georgia fans do, uh, and they were trying to keep quiet about it. It kind of it kind of seemed that way, Jeremy, because I remember, you know, I'm not one of those people who is a year round draft, Nick. You know, I'm not already diving into the 2021 draft class. I I cover the Giants. I, you know, and I'm one of those people who sort of pays attention to the event that's happening right now. I mean, I get immersed in the in the offseason stuff. I get immersed in the preseason and then the regular season and then I really turn my attention to, to you know, to the college draft and, and really starting to learn those players. And, and what I know is that really when I first started diving into this draft class, there was this opinion I thought that the opinion seemed to be that Andrew was the number one tackle in the class. Then the more you went through it, the more people started to talk about about. Tristan Wirfs of Iowa and maybe Jedrick Wills of Alabama and oh my god look at Makai Becton and what he could become you know at at that size and with that athleticism and then toward the end it seemed to circle back to oh Andrew Thomas is still just as good as he was six months ago so so I guess I was maybe people still had him there and and it was just uh the way that the process goes maybe he was number one tackle all along yeah, I, I think that probably is is the case, and and you could make a I think you could make a case for worse. A lot of people uh, liked him. Uh, Georgia fans have, have seen Jedrick Willis uh, on multiple occasions now, um, and he he's obviously an NFL tackle, uh, NFL talent, unbelievable physical specimen. Uh, but you just keep circling around with Andrew Thomas. I think the thing that probably differentiates him from some of those guys uh, is that uh, he's very technically proficient uh, at the left tackle position. Uh, started three years running, including as a true freshman uh, for Georgia. Uh, not a lot of true freshmen starting at left tackle in the national championship game. And uh, you know, Andrew Thomas did that, uh, which is something that's very hard. Uh, something that's very hard. Uh, you don't see that very often. No, you don't. I think he started at right tackle initially, you know, for for Georgia, and then spent his last two years at left tackle, if I'm correct, right? Well, he actually cross trained at both. Uh, played played some uh, on both sides as a true freshman. Um, like I said, that, that's something that uh, for a freshman to be able to do that, um, uh, you know, and admittedly the Bulldogs were not running. 
the world's most complicated playbook uh, in 2017. Uh, when you've got Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, you, you hand the ball to Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. Uh, but be that as it may, uh, he was really a guy who, from the time he got on campus, uh, was unusually physically ready uh, and unusually mentally ready uh, for the SEC game. And uh, the thing that is perhaps even more impressive uh, is that from a technical perspective, he, he's advanced uh, since then. Should all of that, you know, including the fact that, that he played, you know, significant snaps so early at Georgia, when you, when you look at, uh, at tackles in the NFL, a lot of times guys struggle as rookies. There's some sort of an adjustment period, and, it, you know, it takes a while to really figure out you know what the you know how to handle yourself at the next level, but but should that experience at Georgia and, and where he is technically, you know, give Giants fans optimism that that he'll be able to hit the ground running and that there won't be a big you know oh my God we have to worry about whoever Andrew Thomas is lined up against you know this Sunday. Yeah, I think that's uh, you know one of the assurances that you have when you take a guy like Andrew Thomas uh, is that he has lined up against uh, you know the Alabama defensive front, the LSU defensive front. Uh, you know he he's played uh, you know, lined up against Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. Uh, he's he's seen uh, a lot of guys who he'll see in the NFL already, uh, and that's some assurance uh, that that you have with him. Uh, if you draft a guy like Andrew Thomas with the number four pick, obviously you do so with a plan. Uh, he's he's being drafted to be the left tackle of the future uh, for uh, for the organization, uh, and I, I think, and I'm sure Giants fans probably hope uh, that the fact that uh, he comes in uh, with that kind of pedigree uh, makes you think he probably is in a position to to step in now. All right, so tell us a little bit, you know, you've been watching him now for the last three years. Just tell us a little bit what you know about Andrew Thomas, just just off the field, maybe, you know, what what uh, what we know about him as a as a person, you know, maybe uh, you know, maybe away from the football field. Yeah, I, I, I scouted Andrew a little bit when he was at Pace Academy uh, in the Atlanta area, uh, and a lot of people knew about him. He's not one of these guys who, uh, was an unknown quantity uh, coming out of high school. Uh, all of the major SEC programs uh, offered him before his senior year. Uh, it was very clear that he was an impressive guy. Uh, the thing that's sort of amazing is that he developed a lot physically going into his senior year, and then even after uh, he graduated. Um, the story that I like to tell about Andrew Thomas, the moment that I knew how good he, he might really be, uh, is that we have a writer at our site, uh, who was on the Georgia staff under Mark Richt, uh, who uh, saw him and, and talked to some other folks uh, who were still with the program at the time and said, you know, this, this guy looks like an NFL offensive tackle and he hasn't played a college game yet. Um, one of the things this particular uh, analyst pointed out to me is he said, you know, Andrew Thomas is, is a guy who can see a $5 bill on his way into the facility and pick it up without bending over. Uh, he has this, this enormous, this enormous reach, um, which for the tackle position is obviously a huge help. And when you see him on the field, you see that in action. Uh, when Andrew Thomas gets his hands, uh, on an, an edge rusher, uh, he's got good upper body strength. He's able to bring that guy where he needs him to keep the lane clear. Uh, but once he gets those hands on you, he, he's not letting go. Um, he is in that respect, sort of the prototypical left tackle. 
Um, you know, when you pick a guy with the fourth pick, that's what you want. Uh, if he has a, a downside, uh, it's probably that uh, he's a little bit uh, balletic uh, for a you know uh, an offensive lineman. Uh, he's 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 not a masher. He's not a road grader. Um, so you know, if Andrew Thomas is not able to to stick at tackle for the Giants, I don't think he's a guy who gets kicked inside. Um, you know, uh, don't know that I see him playing guard or center. Uh, he's he's a guy who who is a pure blindside uh, left tackle with excellent feet, great reach, uh, again good upper body strength. Uh, but he's he's you know not that bulldozer uh, type of guy. And so uh, I think the thing that Giants fans can be comfortable with is that uh, they got the best player available for what the Giants front office needs uh you know they, they knew what they wanted uh in terms of a left tackle of the future and they went out and got uh, probably the best guy in the draft uh to to do that um that that being said it's it's a little bit of a high risk high reward situation um for that reason that, that he is in fact a true left tackle as opposed to a, a swiss army knife uh kind of guy uh who you're going to see uh, you know play all five positions on the offensive front the one interesting thing that I wanted to ask you about that is when you read scouting reports, when you talk to to you know, NFL type draft analysts about Andrew Thomas, the one thing that they'll tell you is that they almost believe at this point that he's more advanced as a run blocker than he might be as as a pass protector. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm curious, you know, when you when you said that he's not really a road grading run blocker, I'm just curious if you know he, you can be a good run blocker without you know, being a guy that just drives people into the turf all the time. Uh, last last thing we'll talk about with Andrew is whether you would agree with that assessment that at this point he he enters the NFL maybe as a little bit better run blocker than pass protector. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Uh, the way I would characterize it is that he has way more upside as a pass blocker uh, at this stage. Uh, you know, obviously Georgia is, is uh, uh, Georgia prides itself on being uh, RBU, running back university. They, they run the ball uh, more than they throw it uh, perennially. Uh, with Andrew Thomas, I would, I would describe his run blocking. Uh, he's very comfortable. Uh, in the the zone blocking uh, schemes that that Georgia has employed under Jim Chaney uh, and then through under James Coley last year, uh, and so he's great in those positions, uh, getting up to the second level. Uh, again, that uh, that wingspan is very helpful uh, to him in in those situations. Uh, the good feet, uh, very helpful. Plays well behind his pads, run blocking. Um, but, uh, again, I, I think his upside is, is more limited, uh, in that regard, uh, in that he's, he's just never going to have, uh, thinking of some, some other guys, uh, he, he's never going to be built like Michael Orr, for example, uh, a guy who's just really wide, uh, and just can really drive people off the ball. Andrew Thomas is, is probably always going to be a guy who's going to rely on his technique. Uh, he's going to play low, uh, with good leverage going to get his hands on you uh quick with a good punch uh and that's really how he run blocks and that's how uh you know, they wanted him to at georgia uh he was an edge setter uh he was a, a guy getting up to the second level uh and all those things he, he's great at um but that's really his forte as opposed to uh you know the man schemes uh where he's just uh he's not going to move a lot of uh 
340 pound, uh, you know, zero technique nose tackles out of the way. Uh, that's just not his game. All right, Jeremy, let's do this. Let's take a, a quick break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. Then we'll come back, we'll talk about Tay Crowder, and we'll talk about a couple of other young Giants players who came through the Georgia program. All right, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and we're talking with Jeremy Attaway of SB Nation's Dog Sports, which covers the uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. We spent the first part of the show talking mostly about uh, Giants' fourth overall pick, Andrew Thomas. Let's turn right now to uh, to the player who bookended Andrew Thomas as the as the Giants' final selection in the draft, and actually the final selection overall in the 2020 NFL draft, and that would be Georgia linebacker Tay Crowder, who gets the uh, the the crown of being this year's Mister Irrelevant. Jeremy, just uh, you know, your first thoughts about uh, about Tay Crowder. Yeah, Tay Crowder is a a guy who uh, I've been a fan of uh, for a long time. Uh, came to Georgia out of Harris County, which is uh, sort of on the Georgia Alabama line. Uh, was really a very good high school tailback. Um, yeah, big. Uh, sort of a big back in the Georgia tailback tradition, um, and frankly looked like he was going to join the rotation pretty early <laughs> as a tailback, uh, but ended up redshirting his freshman year uh, and got switched to inside linebacker uh, in 2016 um, and took to the position, really worked hard um, in terms of, of learning uh, the inside linebacker position at Georgia uh, was a big special teams contributor, uh, really from the moment he hit the field. Um, not necessarily as productive as some other players. Um, I think in, in 2018 and uh, 2019, um, he only recorded something like 48 total tackles, uh, which, you know, again, for, for an inside linebacker, uh, is not a whole lot in the way of production. Some of that is down to, to uh, you know, the teams Georgia played uh, and the choices they made. Uh, teams... Uh, quite frankly, tried to spread Georgia out uh, a lot during both of those seasons and not really run uh, into the teeth of a very strong defensive front uh, and a pretty good linebacker core. Uh, so the stats aren't aren't that great. Uh, but with Tay Crowder, you get a guy who's who's got inside linebacker size. He's um, about six two and a half, six three. Uh, will probably play in in the two thirty five to two forty range. Um, good sideline to sideline kind of guy, not, not elite speed, not fantastic in coverage. Um, but, uh, you know, ball hawking, uh, inside linebacker who might be able to play outside, uh, just kind of depending on the scheme. I would think, first of all, how does a guy go from running back to inside linebacker that just seems like an odd switch you would it it would seem like if you're going to move a guy off of running back he might go to wide receiver he might go to corner maybe he goes to safety but from from running back to inside linebacker is that sort of an odd switch yeah you you would kind of think that and it's interesting when you when you talk to Crowder about that um, he is actually very, uh, he, he's very clear that he thought his time as a tailback, uh, made him a, a better linebacker. Um, for one thing, he, he has that linebacker size. Um, that's one thing that, that really works in his favor. He, he was always kind of a bruising tailback, 
to begin with. Um, you know, way, way more a, a Nick Chubb kind of guy than a uh, Sony Michelle uh, in terms of Georgia tailbacks now in the NFL. Uh, so he had that that kind of going for him. Uh, the other thing is that uh, Tay Crowder has always had kind of a, a linebacker's uh, attitude on the field. Uh, he's a guy who likes to hit. Uh, he goes for the ball. Uh, and so as a result, uh, he, he really was able to step in um, against a pretty loaded depth chart uh, and, and be a big-time contributor and ultimately a starter in 2019. Is he a guy, you know, Joe Judge, Giants head coach, likes to talk about guys with upside and he likes to talk about trying to project you know what guys can be with you know with only a couple of years of experience at at linebacker is he a guy who who you would look at and say a couple of years from now he could be a whole lot more than than what we saw last year at Georgia yeah I think that's a fair way of looking at it and that's probably uh, how the Giants were and looked at it. You know, you, you get to the sixth and seventh round and you start looking for guys uh, uh, with upside who you can kind of get at a discount. Uh, and you start looking for guys who you can uh, play in multiple places. And, and Tay Crowder kind of checks those boxes again. Uh, was a, a big-time contributor on special teams for Georgia. Uh, will almost certainly uh, be in a position to play, uh, you know, kickoff team, uh, punt team, uh, type role for the Giants. Uh, so, you know, uh, from a roster management standpoint, good pick in that regard. And, and as you pointed out, he's a guy who's really only played a couple of years at the linebacker position. He's, he is, um, uh, you know, still learning it. And, and so he does have a lot of upside, uh, clearly has the physical tools, uh, clearly has the attitude. Uh, he probably just needs to continue to refine his game. And, uh, you know, if the Giants are willing to uh, allow him to do that uh, over the course of a year or two. I, I think by year three, they may have a guy who's a, a key piece. All right, interesting stuff. Let's uh, let's spend a couple of minutes, you know, before I let you go. Let's spend a little bit of time talking about a couple guys that uh, that the Giants drafted over the the last couple of years who who maybe are still growing into what the Giants hope they will be. Um, we'll start with Lorenzo Carter. Giants drafted Carter in the third round two years ago, so he's entering his third NFL season. He's a guy who, you know, for an outside linebacker, for an edge guy, he really looks the part. He's got all the athleticism. He seems to have all of the tools. Once in a while, he'll make a spectacular play. And the Giants had hoped last year that he would really develop into you know, a premier pass rusher, a top guy, and that really didn't happen. And it really didn't happen at Georgia either. So I'm kind of wondering, is is he a guy who maybe just is what he is, a guy who maybe looks the part but maybe isn't ever really going to to develop into the player that his physical tools you know, say that he can be? Yeah, that really is a, you know, a critical question, I think, uh, with Lorenzo Carter. Uh, came to Georgia as uh, the top-ranked overall prospect, regardless of position, out of Norcross High School. Uh, again, just a, a physical specimen of a guy. Um, made some, some big plays uh, before leaving Georgia. Uh, had a very memorable, um, uh, very memorable field goal block in the Rose Bowl against Oklahoma that um, – probably saved that game 
for the Bulldogs and got them to a national championship game. But yeah, the production numbers, uh, even at Georgia and certainly in his two years with the Giants, have just not uh, necessarily been there. Um, yeah, a little bit of an uptick from 2018 to 2019 with the Giants. I think tallied, uh, I think four and a half sacks uh, in 2019. Um, but yeah, not not necessarily uh, the elite disruptive pass rusher you're looking for uh, in that situation. Um, you know, some of that I think is probably down to usage. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that uh, uh, as well as you would, but I, the sense from the couple of times I saw him play. Uh, is that the Giants were not always in a position to to turn him loose uh, as a pass rusher. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, the, they weren't in the a question, position to do a lot yeah. of things the last couple yeah. of years. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, I, I think that probably the the numbers, uh, you know, the the, the numbers uh, probably are not terribly impressive. I don't really know how he graded out in terms of of what they were asking, but yeah, I would I would really love to see what uh, what Lorenzo Carter could do if he were put in a position like that. Um, you know, to to rush the passer 30 times a game. Um, yeah, I, I think it'd be very interesting to see. Yeah, you know, the Giants still have to hope. They still weren't able to uh, to really address the, the edge position and get that, that premier pass rusher. I think there's probably still some hope that that Carter can, you know, can take another leap, can, you know, can, you know, can become a, at least an 8, 9, 10, you know, sack sort of disruptive player off the edge. Would you, you know, having watched him at Georgia, I mean, would you have expected, you know, at some point in his career that, that he could be that kind of a player? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's definitely got the, uh, he's got the physical ability and the upside to to do that. Uh, he's not a guy who's had a lot of injuries that uh, you would expect would, would hamper him in that regard. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's a guy who's absolutely got that, that kind of upside. Um, yeah, does he put it together in year three? It's an, entirely possible. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Giants fans would would like that. Um, yeah, you know, they definitely like to uh, to get that kind of production out of him before a contract year. <laughs> that would, would be nice. Um, you know, I, I think it's still uh, a situation where that could that could very well happen with him. All right, so let's talk about one more former Georgia player. Let's talk about uh, DeAndre Baker. The Giants made a big move up in the draft a year ago. They gave up a couple of mid-round picks to get back into the first round and take Baker as the first cornerback selected. And and let's just say that, that it didn't really go well for DeAndre as a rookie. He didn't he didn't play as well, I think, as the Giants hoped he would. I mean, rookie cornerbacks always get get picked on. They always struggle, you know, at least somewhat. But the the really disturbing factor with with Baker throughout the year seemed to be that he admitted at you know pretty much two thirds of the way through the year that he still didn't really know the playbook. He there were some some whispers that that maybe part of the reason he didn't know the playbook was you know self-inflicted because he didn't study it the way he should have so there were some concerns about about that you know and obviously his attitude so i guess i'll start with this jeremy is are you are you surprised at all about anything you know that we heard about or that we saw from baker as a rookie yeah it's an interesting case i mean 
to be honest, DeAndre Baker is the most effective college cornerback I've ever seen. He's um, a guy who uh, played uh, yeah, through his entire career at Georgia. He gave up exactly one touchdown <laughs> in his entire wow. uh, entire career. Uh, didn't give up a didn't give up a touchdown uh, through the entirety of, of his final season, his senior season in Athens. Um, a guy who's who's clearly got uh, all the physical tools uh, to be a, a lockdown cornerback in the NFL. He's got the size. Um, he's aggressive. Uh, he's got great recovery speed. Uh, you know, I, I'm not worried about that uh, with with DeAndre Baker. But I, you know, I think uh, it's pretty obvious to everyone that he suffered some growing pains uh, in making that adjustment uh, from the college level uh, to the pros. Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, as you pointed out. Corner is a tough position to make that uh, that transition. Uh, you're gonna get picked on, uh, and and while college teams can uh, can certainly uh, pick on guys. Uh, DeAndre Baker, with his physical tools, was always a tough one to do that uh, against. Uh, he also had the benefit of some really good safety help uh, when he was at Georgia. Um, NFL coordinators uh, are very good at isolating uh, weak corners, and, and I think that was something that he probably dealt with uh, a good bit. Um, that being said, I, I wouldn't give up on him just yet. <laughs> I think he's a guy, uh, number one, uh, DeAndre Baker, uh, when he was at Georgia, had had a great work ethic. Uh, if you, you talk to the coaches, uh, he was a, a leader on the team. Uh, he was a guy who, who had a good approach to the game, uh, showed up ready to play. Uh, you know, I, I think he'll get it. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't give up on him, on him just yet. Uh, but... Uh, could have, yeah, definitely not the rookie season that I think he was anticipating, uh, and probably not the rookie season Giants fans were hoping for either. Does it concern you or surprise you? You know that that we heard about maybe study questions, you know, sort of work ethic questions, and and him talking about really not, you know, two thirds of the way through the season, really not understanding the playbook yet. You know, it it would probably concern me more. Uh, if the the giant staff had decided to go in another direction <laughs> after that, you know, it, it doesn't look to me like they did that though. Uh, just just from what uh, again from what I saw, and and frankly, I spend more time on Sundays rewatching uh, college games than I do watching the NFL uh, these days. Uh, but it, it seemed to me like, in terms of uh, you know putting him on the field, uh, that the giant staff uh, later in the year was still willing to do that. Uh, and so I, I think that's probably a good indication, uh, A, uh, that they think he can do it, uh, and B, that, you know, maybe, uh, maybe he's, he's doing uh, what he's supposed to on more snaps um, uh, than, than perhaps he doesn't. Uh, it's hard for cornerbacks because uh, you know, nobody ever notices the, uh, whether the corner did his job or not uh, when the play goes the other way. Um, generally, if you see an NFL cornerback, uh, it's because, uh, you know, it's because some guy is streaking to the end zone and he's 10 yards behind him. <laughs> it's right. a rough gig. Um, and so that can can create a bit of a perception gap, I think, sometimes. Um, you know, that being said, I, I think DeAndre Baker is, is going to be uh, – I think he's going to be an NFL corner. Uh, I, I'm not real worried about that. Um, but I think the growing pains probably were more than, than he anticipated – 
and you know frankly more more than fans probably anticipated either uh it's one of the reasons why you know we're we're seeing more and more there's a premium on those corners uh who can go in the first round uh, who get first round grades um and more and more uh, i think teams are are realizing that um it's a position that while it requires some some pretty uh, rare physical gifts um uh, you know it also requires some experience <laughs> To, to do that job effectively um it's being a, a rookie corner in the nfl is a rough business yes it is and, and and deandre baker was a was a prime example of that a year ago jeremy thank you very very much for spending some time with me today always appreciate the insight why don't you uh just tell people where they can find the website where they can find you guys on twitter if they want to uh to, to scroll around dog sports and, uh, and and see what else they can learn about uh, about some of these these giants who who came through Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find us uh, on the web at uh, Dog Sports. We spell that uh, D A W G S P O R T S. It's it's phonetic, uh, you know, down here in Georgia. We you know, we we pronounce that word a little differently. Uh, <laughs> that's a general <laughs> rule, uh, and that's also the Twitter handle at. Uh, dog sports d-a-w-g-s-p-o-r-t-s uh, and you can find me on twitter at uh, at macon dog which is uh, m-a-c-o-n uh, d-a-w-g uh, i'll be uh, for the most part uh, doing uh, x's and o's type work and uh, a lot of high school recruiting uh, work uh, you know, uh, pretty much from here until uh, hopefully uh, games resume sometime next fall all right. Thank you very, very much for the insight. Giants fans, please remember to uh, to check out BigBlueView.com. Check out uh, the Chris and Joe show here on Big Blue View Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore View. Follow at Big Blue View on Twitter. And uh, and join the join the Big Blue View community so you can talk with, uh, with other Giants fans if you haven't done that already. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.